morning. It's a workable day in the neighborhood here again. Good morning. Hi Maurice, how you doing? Devola, good morning. Karina. Mm. I see you coming on in, coming on in. So good to see the same names every morning. I gotta say, it brings a lot of warmth to my heart. Much needed, much needed. Morning, morning. Maya Papaya in the house. Good to see you, good to see you. Scooch on in, everybody scooch on in. Make room for your neighbors here on the stoop. I realized yesterday, stoop is very East Coast, isn't it? Which is kind of funny. I'm totally like appropriating it because I've never lived on the East Coast. Hell, I've never had a stoop. I've had a porch, but I freaking love the idea of a stoop, you know, where you're just like all hanging out sitting on your stoop. So yeah, I'm sorry, I, I appropriated it. It's just much cooler than a porch to me. So everyone scoot on in, scoot on in to the stoop. Let's hang, let's see what's going on. Morning, morning. You know what I love, you're from all over. You're from all over. Not only that, you're from all different times in my life, which is just like the greatest thing ever. I know that social media gets a bad rap, but uh, there's some good things about it, you know, that I can stay connected. Yeah, I love it when you guys say hi to each other. Hey, Jen. Hi, everyone. Morning, morning. Morning, neighbors. Imagine us all rolling up in our, like, morning sweats or our bathrobes or our hats with our cup of tea or coffee, just filing into this gigantic stoop, like, hey, hey, how's it going? Just a little check-in with everybody. Hi, Lee. Minneapolis on the stoop. Woo -woo. Gosh, Minneapolis is cool. I just went there for the first time last year to see Lizzo. Woo, boy, it was good. It is super weird offering both bows to my phone. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh, you guys, I got a funny story to tell you. Remember yesterday, if you were here, I said, I dare you, if you have a work meeting on Zoom, just wear a funny hat, but don't say anything and see what happens. If you were here yesterday, maybe you remember me saying that. And one of you, Lisa, had a call and she said, she reported back that she wore one of those ridiculous little tiny hats. She wore it in the meeting and nobody said a word. I laughed so hard for like five full minutes after reading that. And this is what I'm talking about when I say being human is also humorous. Like on one hand, I want to say, what the hell is wrong with people that you wouldn't be like, Lisa, what's up with that funny tiny hat girl? But instead it's just like, oh, better not say anything. But I guess she's, Lisa's also an art teacher. <laughs> and so of course, weird art teacher. <laughs> It's just interesting to see the, like what we might go, go through in our head. Like, oh boy, there's Lisa, that weird art teacher wearing a weird hat to the meeting. Uh, or just say, what's up with the weird hat? I hope that when we come out of this, we're much more the latter. You know, where we're much more the latter. We're like, dang, looking fancy in your little hat. What's going on? You know, I hope that we come out like a little less polished you know what I'm saying like we don't censor quite so much obviously we want to be mindful and not hurtful 
but I think there's so much that we keep tamped down that we could just really connect with each other uh, by saying morning, morning, morning. I just think it would be a lot more fun to just say what arises. My team has a funny hat Zoom meeting every Friday. That's fantastic. Yeah, I saw a lot of things about canceling April Fool's Day. And if you were here yesterday, you heard my take on it. It has to do with hasya, laughter, joy, humor. I don't know that it needed to be canceled, but um, I mean, I get what people are saying. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there's something about keeping that spirit alive in you throughout this entire journey. Good morning, good morning. All right, so here's what I wanted to, to discuss on the stoop today. Actually, wait, we got a saying, right? All right, everyone. <clears throat> this is crazier than bowing towards your phone is singing to your phone. But it's like, imagine we're on the stoop in a fun city that's really cool and has a lot of cool independent restaurants and we're just break out in song all together. So ready? One. Two, a one, two, three, four. It's a workable day in the neighborhood. A workable day in the neighborhood. Won't you be mine? Won't you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? I swear if I listen close enough, I can almost hear all y'all coming out the tiny speaker in my phone. All right, so here's what I've been thinking about. Um, how many amongst us carry what I like to call the enormous cognitive load of being the planner, the one who plans? The, uh, uh, like for some of us, we carry the cognitive load of our household. Like we're kind of always, it's like the Tetris. We're making sure that everything is falling into place just so. Some of us have the cognitive load on our team at work. Uh, some of us have the cognitive load in our organizations, in our communities, and do you, do you feel me? Yeah, Mount, yep, yep, me, me. You feel me? I plan, I organize, yeah. So this could really be in any realm, but those of us that are the cognitive, we've got the cognitive load, and then there are those fabulous people that are like the executors, right? Executors, executor, ex executor, you know what I mean, right? They don't necessarily do all the planning, but they are there to get that plan done, to put things into action. And we need both, we need both. But I suppose my message is especially for those of us that would identify as the planners, those that carry the cognitive load. And if you're not, if you're one of those fabulous executors, ex executors, uh, this is for you too, and that maybe you, you have a little softness and compassion for your, your planner, cognitive load-carrying friends. Um, this is exceptionally hard time for those of us that plan, right? I have so many colors for organizing my calendar. I feel you. I feel you. Always the planner, but I'm also a surgeon. <laughs> nice. Yes, you keep planning, please. <laughs> Plan that out. So I think that this is a particularly challenging time for those of us that would identify as planners. And I'm not taking away from anyone else here. I'm just calling out something that I'm experiencing and I'm seeing. For the first time in my memory, it is so profoundly obvious that we can't plan right now. 
We really, we can't plan. I am looking at my work calendar, just go like, and every single thing on it, you want to feel like I can reschedule this or I can plan to do this at another time. I mean, simple things like meals. I can't really plan them because if I have to go to the grocery store, uh, I don't know that they're going to have lettuce, which they haven't had the last three times I've gone. You know what I'm saying? So it's difficult to plan anything right now. And I think that that can be extremely discombobulating, if not disturbing and painful for some of us. Now, the reality is, what, isn't there a saying that something like make a plan and God laughs or something like that? You know what I mean? I could be making that up, but I'm pretty sure I've heard something like that. And the truth of the matter is, in any time in history, you want to plan but never cling too tightly to that plan or grip too tightly. I say this from vast experience that I plan down to the finest details. And when that plan gets derailed for some reason, I suffer every single time. And I like to blame whatever it was that didn't go according to plan. But ultimately, the responsibility is mine. Planning, good. Clinging too tightly to the plan, you will suffer. That's called attachment, which I've talked about. And it's, in my mind, one of the key teachings of yoga. One of the kleshas, the root causes of suffering, is attachment. So we planners, if you feel me, we also get a little attached to our plans, am I right? Because they're good. You're probably a planner because you're good at it. You probably got the uh, the uh, job of, you know, she, he, who, or they who carries the cognitive load because you're good at it. And so these good plans that make things special at work or at home, they're, they're extra difficult right now. We get attached to them in general and right now it's not even a matter of attachment what we're dealing with is we really it's like this is what i'm saying for the first time in my life even though all the time it's semi-ridiculous to plan because it almost always doesn't go exactly as planned and then i suffer but right now it's like oh, i can't even plan at all like you literally can't plan and so the first step I think we have to do, those of us that would identify as planners, is notice when we're in resistance to the fact that we can't plan, right? So stage one is I'm just resisting that I can't plan and I'm kind of pissed that I can't plan because this is what I'm good at and it's a part of my identity, quite frankly. So me not being able to plan is like a dig on my identity as a good planner. You know, the one who's keeping all of the machine oiled, right? We're doing this. So first stage is resistance to that, where I'm just pissed that I can't plan. And I'm almost, I find myself almost wanting someone to blame for the fact that I can't plan. Then after you sit in that poopy diaper long enough, you realize like, oh, okay, well, I, I'm going to have to change something here. Because just sitting here resisting this is essentially a waste of my life force, right? It's not going to make me be able to plan. It's not really changing anything except making me toxic. So then the next stage is that we have to say, okay, well, I can't plan, you know, so what's my, what's my uh, other approach? 
And when we get stuck in the resistance stage, I fear that what we start participating in, besides the anger, is what we start participating in is another kind of planning. Hear me out here. It's planning for like not what you want to do, but you're almost trying to plan what's going to happen and how you are going to feel about it. And I think of this as like anticipatory anxiety, right? Anticipatory anxiety about the fact that you can't plan, which gives you comfort and ease. So now you're trying to plan like all the crap that's going to happen and how awful that's going to be. Do you know what I'm saying? Like this anticipatory anxiety is just as bad in my mind as the toxicity of being angry that I can't plan and, and this thing that I'm good at has now been taken away. So, and the anticipatory stuff doesn't always look like anxiety. For some of us, it's like anticipatory depression, uh, anticipatory grief. It like hasn't happened yet, you know what I'm saying? But because we can't plan right now, we gotta plan something, so we plan how shitty we're gonna feel in the future. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if anyone else is experiencing that, but I kind of think so, so I thought I'd talk about it today. So this then brings me back like, okay, well, what are my tools for working with this habit pattern of going into anticipatory anxiety? Like, gotta fill my planning needs somehow, so I'm gonna plan how shitty I'm gonna feel or how bad things are going to be. So I turned to yoga and meditation, which are, you know, my main tools uh, for working with this. And I remember something, it's so simple, it's so simple, and I think many of you that are practitioners, especially teachers, have heard this. But the first Yoga Sutra of Patanjali is Atta Yoga Nushasanam, Atta Yoga Nushasanam, right? And I remember as a youngling when I first heard that, it's translated as now the practice of yoga begins. And I kind of thought it was some cool, like, you know, like a director's, you know, like whatever that slate's called, you know, it's like, okay, and now we start practicing yoga. So I just thought it was kind of like a call to like, okay, let's begin. And who knows, maybe that is what it is. But I eventually evolved in under my understanding of that. What's it referring to? It's referring to now. What's now? The present. And so with that perspective, we say, oh, so yoga, the practice of yoga means practice now. The practice is now. Now is the practice. Meaning, stay with the present, y'all. Stay with the present. Stay with the present. Now, I'm not ready to abandon my excellent planning skills, but right now, when I literally can't plan beyond today, which is really hard, <laughs> when I literally can't plan beyond today, and really I can't plan beyond a moment, I can't plan beyond the now, but I'm just saying I profoundly feel my inability to plan right now. What I'm working on, and I invite you to explore too, is this idea of when I start going into that anticipatory anxiety, which is my planning, finding another outlet, right, that I keep, okay, what's happening right now? What's happening right now? 
what's happening now and what can I do now? So I'm trying to feed my need to plan and participate and orchestrate by really just looking at now, right? It's like I hear the present calling me to participate in it now. One thing at a time, just this, just this. One day at a time, just this. And what I'm finding is that I have to have a trust and faith in myself that I can just focus on this, that I cannot plan and just focus on this, and that when I must cross a bridge in the future that I will be able to do it. I don't know what it is and I don't wanna sit here accumulating all kind of inner toxicity with this anticipatory anxiety. I can't plan, I don't know what's gonna happen. No one actually knows what's gonna happen. But what I can do is be present. Ata yoga nushasanam. The practice is now. The practice is in the now. Now is the practice, what's happening now. One moment, this, one day, this. And tomorrow, I may have to cross a bridge that's very difficult. And I would have liked to plan for that. You know what I'm saying? Can you feel me? I would like to plan for the difficulty. I'm better when I plan for difficulty. But I can't do that right now. What I can do is have faith and trust that when that bridge does actually appear, because I don't know that it's going to, Okay, but when that bridge, the day, the now that that bridge appears in, I'm gonna be able to figure it out. But right now, I can't plan for that bridge. I just can't. I can't, I can only look at this moment, right now, right here, right now. So, I don't know if any of you feel me on that. Maybe you are a planner and you're experiencing some of that anticipatory anxiety and just know, I'm saying I see you and I feel you. And I think a lot of that is that we identify as that planner and now this is being taken away or maybe that's not even the best way to look at it. Our ability to do that is, is unavailable, right? We can't do it. There's something in here for us to learn about our planning tendency, but it's like a, it's, it's like, a, a, a shot to your identity right now. So it's probably hard. That's why I'm saying I see you, right? It's a part of your identity. You're the one that plans and orchestrates and you can't do it right now. So I see you, I know that it hurts. I know that it be, is frustrating and you may feel angry, but I'm also saying let's be aware of what we might do to rechannel that desire, that behavioral groove, and it, just notice if we shift into that anticipatory anxiety, because I don't think that's gonna help anybody. It really isn't, right? What are you saying? Let's see. Trying to trick the system to plan what I'm going to do. Thank you, yeah. I'm an organizer and I've been feeling all that. This morning out of nowhere, I started cleaning out my cabinets and pantry. That was my now, exactly. There are things that we can do in the now, and there might be little ways that we can indulge our planning. Like I'm going, I, I do, I, I, first thing in the morning, I open up my pantry and I do ask myself, like out of what's in the pantry, what am I going to make? Normally I do that like in the afternoon, 
now I'm doing it like first thing because it's a little outlet that I don't think is too damaging for me to, to plan, right? I also, I'm planning my day where I say, okay, from this time to this time I do this. Now that's not gonna work for everybody, but I'm talking to my fellow planners. I'm just trying to help here, right? I'm thinking, hey, you might be feeling a lot of frustration and if you're dipping into that anticipatory anxiety, let's, let's find a, another way that you can channel that and know that the reason it's so frustrating is because you're probably really good at this and you identify as being good at this. And herein is an opportunity for you to practice the first sutra of Patanjali's yoga, Atta Yoga Anushasanam. Now, now, just now. One of the other days I shared a little mantra when I find my mind planning when I'm meditating, because that's kind of what it does, right? Is I said, remember this? I said, just this, just this, just this. That's an act of the yoga, the practice is in the now. I am uniting my consciousness with what is happening in this moment. This is yoga. Now and now and now, right? So right now we're on the stoop and that's it. That's it. And then next is going to be something else. And we don't know what it is, but we can trust that we're going to be ready for whatever it is. Let's see what Jackie's saying. I'm a planner and honestly struggle with this every day. Meditation is helping a lot. I plan my day by sectioning things off into time chunks. Great. And we also want to be aware of that raga, that attachment to our plan. Because some of you householders, you're gonna have a plan, just like Jackie said, where you've got like these little chunks, and then someone or something has a meltdown in, in your schedule, damn it. Do you know what I mean? Maybe a child has a meltdown, maybe a dog gets diarrhea, maybe you, know, you have a call, an emergency phone call. And so we can then uh, suffer because of our attachment to even that beautiful adaptation of your planning. So do it and also maybe embrace that idea that when you're, even your adapted planning uh, protocol gets disturbed, you also are like, okay, okay, I see. Yes, this is disturbing and I also know, because I'm such a damn good planner, I probably have the skills to work with this. You know what I mean? These damn kids getting in the way of my planning. So true. So true. What time is it? It's now. That's right. That's right. I, and, and I'm not going to suggest that this is easy for any of us. Okay? No way. No way. I haven't said that once. It's not easy. I'm just trying to call attention so you start to feel a little sense of empowerment over these things that we're experiencing. So if you're taking big swigs off the anticipatory anxiety jug, I see you, I feel you, and you can put it down and just understand what's going on. Oh, I see why this is so hard for me. Just this, just this, the now, now, and now, and now. And it's a, I do think that one upside to all of this is that it, it challenges you to really believe in your ability to work with what arises. I can't plan what I'm gonna do on that bridge, but I just know deep in my heart that I've got whatever it takes to cross it. 
That's kind of beautiful. Not easy, but beautiful. I plan and find myself doing nothing. <laughs> and that's okay too. That's probably a healthy way of dealing with our inability to, 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 our, our inability to plan. All right, y'all. Hi, Allie. Let's sit. Let's sit. Wrap your hoodie around your neck. It feels nice. You can plan to feel nice for a few seconds. And then turn your palms down on your thighs. This meditation that we do together each time we come together here on the neighborhood stoop is a practice in presence. And we use the different layers of our consciousness to become exquisitely present. So a great practice if you find yourself shifting into that anticipatory anxiety because you can't plan right now, come back to your body first, then your breath, then your energy, then your mind, then your witness, then your bliss, then your soul, just like we've been doing. So notice the sensations in your physical body in this moment, that little warmth of your palm turned down on your thighs, the connection points between your seat, your legs, your feet, and whatever's below you, cushion, carpet, floor, grass. Feel that and make a commitment to the now by rooting downward into that which is supporting you. And then feel the opposite but united action of the crown of your head rising upward, tops of your shoulders, bridge of your nose, upper palate of your mouth. Witness your lightness and heaviness at once in the present moment, rooting down and rising up. Notice the activation of all 360 degrees of your core, your back muscles at attention your abdominals supportively drawing inward and upward. Be here now, in your body now. Now go deeper, subtler, and shift your awareness to your breath. Be with it now. Can you trace it with awareness flowing in and flowing out? What sensations do you feel on this bridge between gross and subtle? That little tickle of air as it passes into your nose to the back of your throat back out. How's your breath today? Slow and deep, short and quick, somewhere in between. Be with it now. 
How's your energy flowing through your body today? Does it have a brightness or a dullness? A swiftness or a slowness? Or somewhere in between? Don't try to change it. Just take note. Go deeper. What's the nature of the thoughts you've been engaging in today in general? Are you feeling some of that anticipatory anxiety? Are you feeling sadness? Are you experiencing joy? Or some interesting combination? Your effort is not to change your thoughts right now, just to notice, to become aware. They're happening now. The moment you become aware of your thoughts and emotions, you are your most awake. You are your most empowered. Go deeper to the fourth kosha, vinyanamaya, jnana, wisdom, knowledge. Sometimes this feels like your inner scientist, always observing, observing, accumulating the results and wisdom. The layer of your being that observes thoughts and emotions, not participate in them. Perhaps it's from this layer that you get that gentle nudge, just this, here now, come back. Go deeper to the fifth kosha, anandamaya, bliss. Notice any cynicism that arises, the mention of the word bliss, but know there is a layer of your consciousness that hums along experiencing bliss at all times. Because this bliss comes from being alive today regardless of what's happening in the world or your plans.
go deeper and witness your true self, divine self, the divine spark that is part of that great flame of all living beings, your soul, Atman. beyond your identity, beyond even your wisdom self. There is this, your essence. This is always in you, however clouded over it may be. So pan out internally and take a good look at your whole self from skin to soul. You are a body, you are breath and energy, you are thoughts and emotions, a powerful mind. You are wisdom and knowing. You are bliss. You are divine, all these things at once. Bring your hands together in front of your heart into this beautiful gesture of offering. May we offer our time in the neighborhood, our time on the stoop, our time on the cushion in meditation. May we offer it to all beings, especially those who are suffering in this moment, in this now. May we send them our support, our love, our compassion. May our efforts be of benefit. And may we teach by our ever-evolving example. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Peace, peace. Namaste. Thank you, neighbors. Thank you, thank you. So maybe a takeaway is know thyself. Know thy love of planning. I really believe a little plan, a little structure can be incredibly beneficial right now for those of us who identify with planning and our skill at planning and relax around your plan. Make one, but also realize it's written in sand, not stone, right? All right, big hugs. Give a hug, thank you, thank you, thank you. Big hugs, hug your neighbors, reach out, hug your neighbors. I dare you to be doing this into your phone or laptop right now. Hugs. Imagine, believe, we can feel it. Mm, mm, I can't, I can't. Oh, I just felt it. Ah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Big hugs. 
My efforts to plan run deep in my consciousness. I was planning in my dreams last night. Ah, oh, I feel you, Lee. I feel you. I wake up mid-plan. We can do it. <laughs> hugs. Hugs. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Good to see you. Good stoop morning. Good morning on the stoop. I loved it. Thank you. Um, first, let's see. What have I got for you today? Uh, I'm releasing a class right after this on Vimeo that's called Core Shot. So one of the reasons I love doing core is because it, it, it centers me. It brings me to the now faster than most things. So Core Shot is coming out today. And I also set up an easier URL if you want to look at my videos. It's ginayoga.com. So you don't have to spell Caputo. G-I-N-A. Y-O-G-A, ginayoga.com, and that'll take you directly to my videos. And um, I, I'm doing them the way I am because it gives you some freedom when you plan to practice at a particular time. doesn't work. <laughs> All right, thank you all. I, I think I'm grieving my inner planner. Yep, yeah, I feel it. I feel it. I see you. All right, neighbors, I'll see you tomorrow, 9 a.m., same stoop. I'll see you here, wear your hoodie, and reach out anytime. You got some funny stories to tell me, tell me. All right, y'all, love you.